0: The Film Guide with Howard Linsky, part of the St Albans Podcast with Danny Smith.
1: Welcome to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide with Howard Linsky, no less. Hello, Howard. Happy
0: New Year. Happy New Year, Danny. Good to be back. Yes, thank you. Oh, too. I know, it's, it's cracking on, isn't it? Time flies, mate, particularly when you hit my age. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't don't bring it down, you okay, know. Sorry. With, with <laughs> more years behind you than ahead. Don't, you know. Well, you know. The alternative um, to growing old is worse, so, you know, it can't be too bad, can it, really?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well done for making it this far, Howard. Exactly. Thank you, mate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's an achievement.
1: (laughs) So, uh, what we're going to do here with the uh, the old film guide uh, is we're going to look at Howard's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. We'll also look at a film that Howard has deemed too good to be forgotten – We'll have um, a, a look as well. We're looking a lot, it would seem. We, we would also be covering um, new releases on streaming services uh, the, this uh, for the week ahead. But we're going to start off with uh, the cinema. And uh, what we do is we look at new releases in the cinema um, and we look at the ones that are likely to be on locally. There are, A lot more films come out than we actually talk about, uh, but, but we try to focus on the ones that, that are likely to hit our local cinemas. And also we will talk about films that perhaps one of us have seen that's in one of the local cinemas, which is where we're starting right now, because you have seen Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I have to go and see Spider-Man movies because my daughter is in love with Tom Holland, who plays Peter Parker. Who isn't? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Is everybody in love with Tom Holland he, or are fra- they always in love with either Tom Holland or Zendaya who plays his girlfriend? <laughs> he's, he's very um, <clears throat> uh, charming.
1: Uh, you see him on interviews and things and he's really sort of down to earth. And He does
0: seem a very likeable lad. He's very yeah. fresh-faced. I know he was. Uh, there was something in the newspapers this week about him wanting to play Bond and I thought, mate, you're going to have to yeah, when, shave first. When, when you and, grow you know, up, yeah. But, he, but I think he's about 24, isn't he? <laughs> he just looks about 15, you know. He, he he's must one be, of those guys who's very fresh-faced.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, he must be be in his um uh yeah I, i'd imagine he he must be in his early 20s i would think so he's i should bo- have checked that I didn't he's do born my in research 1996 on which would make him 26 20, 26 this year yeah.
0: yeah blimey well there you go and he looks about 17 or 18 i appreciate that's the part he's playing obviously he's playing the high school yeah spider-man <clears throat> you because know, that's boy. also
1: part of the difference with him from from the other incarnations of spider-man because the spider-man of the comic books as i understand it was was at high school and um and the others were playing him more as like you know, sort of student age, whereas... Well, Tom not
0: is... Maguire's Spider-Man? I think he did start out in high school from memory, and I must admit, um, I didn't see the ones with Andrew Garfield. Although, right. so the But the interesting thing about um, this one, Spider-Man No Way Home, is that they're all back in it. So, is there you it, isn't go. that
1: a big spoiler that you've just revealed?
0: No, not really, because it's main, main, a main part of the plot. I think. I don't think I, I don't think I tell you what happens to them. You know, I don't tell you that they all die. Oh, oh, damn! Sh- <laughs> Shucks! Don't go and bother and see well, it. No, because it is a because I saw key Tom Ho-
1: plot I saw Tom Holland being interviewed on an American chat show uh, with with some other members of the cast. Yeah. And the chat show host was was trying to get him to say where the others in it, and he wouldn't comment on it.
0: Ah, well, okay. Apparently, although I haven't seen I haven't seen this interview, but <laughs> Zendaya did. It an interview with all three of them and she was asked by the guy cheekily who's your favourite Spider-Man right obviously she's dating the guy in real life yeah. so you know she had to say Tom Cause, cause, would have been funnier if she'd said uh, yeah. Toby Maguire the, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah the chat show host did kind of say he said something about um, you know they said okay fair enough you're not going to you're not going to tell me and then, and then he went on to say uh, something about it. he goes it's funny because he goes I did see all of them recently and he went was that on set and, the,
0: <laughs> and he wouldn't answer and he goes
1: no 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 he goes we did catch up he goes was that at the at the wrap party you know and oh, he, brilliant. he was in, but I think maybe they are trying to keep it a secret before it came him out. Yeah, maybe. And I he's mean, been out for a couple of weeks. It has been
0: out for a couple of weeks. And I also, I, I don't think I can really explain the plot without revealing because that is one of the fun elements of it. It's one of the reasons why it's worth going to see. If you've liked the Spider-Man movies for a while, if you don't like them, then that's not your bad. But if you like something like this, it is a key part of the plot to say that um, we have uh, one of those world or universe fracturing incidents where you know um, something happens, and all of a sudden, the three Spider-Men plus all the villains from the previous movies end up converging which mm. causes chaos and the reason for that is because Tom Holland's character Peter Parker, well they're all Peter Parker but all three of them, but his incarnation of Peter Parker, his identity was revealed at the end of the last Spider-Man movie and that makes his life very difficult because you know he's hounded by the press and he wants things to go back to normal so he goes and sees Doctor Strange who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch once more <clears throat> and he asks him if he can kind of weave a magical spell that changes things so that people forget him and I could spend far too long explaining why it goes wrong, but just let's just say it goes wrong, and you end up with this splintered dimension thing, universe, blah, blah, blah. As they used to say on Doctor Who, a shift in the space-time continuum <laughs> or whatever to explain when things go wrong. But then they call it the multiverse in this. Uh, is it the Spider-Verse? That's probably spider-verse. It, it, should be, it should be the Spider-Verse, okay, should yeah, yeah, we'll but, go with that. But, I mean, that then means you get people coming back in like Jamie Fox, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, they were all villains in the previous movie. Marissa Tamai's back in it. Um, and yeah, so, that, so those Scott.
1: villains were villains, I think all of them probably, were not in the um, the Tom Holland spider they are in the previous Marissa Tamai was his Aunt May. Yes. But the other guys, so so it's interesting That's that right. they brought it all together and they've crossed yeah. them all over. so
0: it was also quite, I mean, I know it's not going to end because these things never do and they're obviously big money makers and I think Tom Holland's meant to be coming back again. But, um, you know, you're, you're uniting people who've been in a total of, I think, eight movies, probably, because I think Garfield did two, and I think uh, Tom yeah, Maguire uh, did three.
1: Maguire did three, and Tom Holland t- uh, Andrew Garfield did two. Yeah, uh, Tom Holland's done loads, though. Yeah, well, he's, been in, to count them up here, he's as been in you're
0: talking. Spider-Man movies, but he's also been in the other... Uh, yeah. uh, there's a, there's quite a funny line where the three Spider-Men are talking, and again, it's not a big spoiler, because obviously they do get to meet, and that's a key part of the plot, and then the rest... I won't tell you because that would spoil things but they're chatting away about life and they're, they're comparing each other's lives you know do you have a life do you have a girlfriend how does that work and Tom Holland goes yeah I'm in the Avengers and Toby Maguire goes oh that's that's cool uh, not really knowing what it is and Andrew Garfield goes what you're in a band that's brilliant Because <laughs> the other two guys don't know who the Avengers are so yeah you know <laughs> it's fun. it's very kind of self-referential and it's me- I guess the, the phrase they would use is it's very meta right you know but it is good fun very enjoyable um, yeah it's got a heart as well I mean I read some reviews that said it's you know it's got emotion it's got a heart and it does it isn't just a you know Spider-Man sweeps in and punches people and saves the day there's more to it than that and there is a a lot of soul-searching going on in the movie, but it's great, good entertainment, good old Marvel movie.
1: So I think that uh, Tom Holland has done mm. six films where he's played Spider-Man so far, right. um, and, and I think maybe three standalone movies. Yes, that's and then, the 3 stand-alones Yeah, and the rest two ones, Avengers so. movies and the Captain America movie where he yeah. played um, Spider-Man yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah, it says a lo- he's played him far more than any of the others mm. have. Um, and I, I gather the future for him with the role is up in the air. Because he, ha- I think he has said in a lot of interviews that he's wishing down to, to do other things and to move on from yeah. it. <clears throat> being a, being the sort of thing it is, they yeah. could go with a different actor. They could. Um, yeah. There, there was another character in the in the comic books. I think it was called Miles Morales, who also became Spider-Man. So they could go down that route. They could recast it. They could offer him bucket loads of money and bring well, yeah, it back.
0: this is the thing I'm always extremely sceptical when an actor says oh you know I'm absolutely exhausted I just don't want to do this again like a la Daniel Craig with every <laughs> Bond film he's always like I'd rather shoot myself than do this again and yeah. you're like really yeah. when, when they add a few knots to the check I'm sure yeah. you'll be back you know yeah. I, I, I admire him as an actor he's a good bloke and all that but uh, all that every movie he was like oh I'm, not, I'm never doing that again I'm never doing that again no. and uh yeah.
1: Just on the and talking about Tom Holland, though, looking at what he's got coming up, which looks quite interesting. So uh, coming out very soon is the film adaptation of the very popular video game Uncharted, where he's playing the lead character in it, Nathan Drake. Ah. A sort of modern-day Indiana Jones type of thing. And I've seen trailers for that. I think it's out in a couple of months. And Mark Wahlberg might be in it as well. But, but, but it's Tom Holland starring in it. And also, he's playing Fred Astaire in a
0: biopic. Really? That's an interesting choice. Yeah. There.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so he's got that coming up as well
0: he's so. got to get dancing for a yeah. while then, unless they all do CGI him somehow but uh, yeah, yeah okay. that'll be interesting
1: and also apparently yeah. technically he might have done seven films of Spider-Man because he had an uncredited cameo in Venom Let There Be Carnage which is all part of the oh, Spider-Man yes. universe yes So, there you go. Anyway, Spider-Man. Yeah, worth watching. Recommend it. I do. Okay. Now, new releases, uh, I think I've lost track of what we're talking about now. We've got one, haven't we? Yes, I mean,
0: if we talked about all of them, as you hinted earlier on, we we would be here all day. Oh, no, we're doing two, aren't we? We've gone for two. We've gone for the 355 and Boiling Point. Okay. So, I'll start with the 355, which is an unusual title, but it's um, basically described as an American spy action film and uh it's it's a little different so if if you imagine having looked at the trailers and and some clips and read some reviews it has the tone of a kind of born style but but probably a little less gritty and the and the twist on this <clears throat> is that the group uh, it's not just one spy trying to solve a problem and save the world it is a group and they are a multinational group, and they are all women. So the, the main star in it, I think, <coughs> is Jessica Chastain, judging by the amount of screen time she has mm. in the trailer. Um, she also co with a couple of people that are very well-known, Penelope Cruz and Diane Kruger, who started out in Troy. Uh, and um, also L-
1: Lupita Nyong'o, um, yes. who was in, I think she was in 12 Years a Slave. And she's been in a few other things as yes. well. And so, I think she might have even won an Oscar. I
0: think she plays the so from, she plays the English agent. You've got Penelope Cruz, and then you've got um, Diane Kruger playing a German. I think Penelope Cruz is meant to be um, Spanish or possibly Latin American. I must admit, I can't recall. And the final um, woman in the group is Fan Bling. Is it Bing Bing? Fan Bing Bang. Sorry, no, I got my glasses on. I thought it said Bling Bling. It's an unusual surname. Fan Bing Bing, who plays the Chinese uh, agent. Okay. And they are a team that get together because they have to uh, recover a top-secret weapon and literally prevent World War
1: Three. Okay. Uh, just for those who might be interested, uh, Lupita Nyong'o was also in Black Panther. She was one of the leads oh, in yes, this as yeah. well. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so it looks like a very good cast. Um, <coughs> I really do like Jessica Chastain. She She's does very some good isn't movies, she? doesn't yeah, she? Yeah,
0: she does. She's a good actor, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so that's probably the big one this week, yeah, so 355. if you like spies you like a bit of action you know a lot of uh you know unarmed combat and shooting things that this is your um, your shout okay but there is one
1: other we're going to mention uh because this one no one here is big but it's got yeah. somebody who's in everything and it's it <coughs> sounds like it's a very intriguing premise
0: yes we do joke no, more or less every time i'm on the podcast that uh stephen graham's coming up in a movie because he has to be included in every movie it's so yeah. <laughs> it's either going to be him or olivia coleman and um you know if they ever do star together uh, well, I suppose it'd be inevitable, wouldn't it? They'll eventually collide. But, uh, yeah, do you he's know, a very po- good actor. you know They possibly actor. already have. Like, do you know they probably have? I mean, there's just too many movies to cross-check, really. Uh, I'll need a spreadsheet to check that one out. But, you know, I joke about it, but Stephen Grimm is a very good actor, obviously. And in this one, he plays a celebrity chef um, who is reaching boiling point. There's a clue in the title. He's um, Ostensibly, he's running a successful restaurant. He's a sort of Gordon Ramsay figure who's running around the kitchen shouting at people to get things to, to be perfect. But his life is unravelling uh, all around him. And uh, certain things collide at the same time. So he's got <clears throat> financial worries about the restaurant. His former boss, played by Jason Fleming, suddenly appears in the restaurant, having brought a reviewer along. And there may or may not be um, uh, an ulterior motive for putting the guy under the pressure that, he, that, that he's uh, adding to the night. There is a, um, a health and safety or food standards bloke who also turns up in mid-service. And basically, I would imagine everything that could possibly be thrown at a chef in one night is thrown at him that night to add to his off-screen, off, well, I gonna say off screen, but he's outside-of-the-kitchen concerns and he's drinking as well. So I guess, um, yeah, it, it'll all come to a crescendo at some point. Okay. Yeah, well, It looks interesting. Looks good. But the whole single take thing as well, which which <coughs> yes. hasn't
1: been faked as no. far as we can tell. We looked into this, Um and uh yeah, it hasn't yeah. been faked. Yes, it,
0: it's, it is a bit like we did discuss it. It's a little bit like filming a play, I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, and you, I think you did the research and found there were three or four takes, and they went with take three. So yeah, yeah, they shot yeah. it four times <coughs>
1: in its entirety, and 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 the the film that we see was the third. Take um, so that whereas other films that have done something similar have not hidden the fact that they didn't do it in one take, yeah. but they presented it as it such It
0: must be very hard to do, so they are probably worth watching just to see if you can you know spot anyone right. <laughs> You're kind of messing up a line or putting putting the wrong food on the plate or whatever. But it does look pretty flawless on the on the bits I've seen on the clips I've seen.
1: Okay, are you ready for an update on whether or not um, Olivia Coleman and Stephen Graham have ever oh, worked go together? Go on,
0: I must know. Uh, they have. well obviously (laughs) they were in
1: accused series two at the same time Ah. whether they shared any screen time together or whether Mm. they were even in the same episodes i gathered it was something of an anthology from about 10 years ago Uh, but it says here four hour-long episodes starring sean bean stephen graham john bishop robert sheehan sheridan smith anne-marie duff olivia coleman and joe dempsey well there you go so they may not have been in the same episodes oh. but one of these in- days
0: they'll meet and it will be like that, that scene in Heat where Robert De Niro and Al Pacino finally get to do dialogue together I and mean, then people
1: will claim it was yeah. faked um, <laughs> possibly yes <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't but but it was something that at the time because wasn't it that when they did that scene there's only three shots in the whole movie where they're on the screen at the same time yes
0: when, he, when Al Pacino pulls him over for a coffee basically he stops him and takes him to a um, and also
1: yeah. when they're in the, <coughs> in, in the car when he pulls him over there's a shot where you see them both on screen and when they're sat at the table the first shot is yeah. both of them right. and then every other really? shot is from over one person's shoulder and then at the end when, when one of them's dying do not oh, say which true. one? Yes. One's well, holding the other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's another movie well worth seeing every yeah. now and again. I always have to dust that one off every few have years. Have
1: you ever seen the film it's based on? Because oh,
0: another one you mean, LA Takedown. It, yeah, which was yeah. a TV movie by Michael Mann. Um, I've not,
1: but no. apparently it's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he just, uh, that was almost like the, the dress rehearsal for it, wasn't it? It really was. It, really a, was, it the... was a pilot to a TV <coughs> series
1: that never got made, and then he went away, reworked it slightly, and made it as Heat. But it's—it's it's, in essence, it's the exact same film about a bank robbery and about a cop chasing them and, and the, the cat and mouse game between the cop and the robber.
0: And with an amazing cast as well. The whole cast is fabulous in Heat, so yeah. Yeah
1: anyway uh, there you go those are your new releases uh, in the cinema and, Mm. and also one that's out at the moment that's well worth a watch
0: yeah hi I'm Matt
1: Adams the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast a weekly look at the news views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans as well as our delve into the local stories that matter we regularly cover topics including health food and drink legal matters the theatre scene and mental health alongside our regular features we talk to people from our wonderful community sharing some of the amazing work they do episodes are released every wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the st albans podcast find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. We're back with part two of The Film Guide, looking at uh, new releases on the streaming services. And the first one up was a film that very, very briefly hit our cinemas at the end of 2021. Uh, So um, it it is the second appearance on The Film Guide of the George Clooney-directed The Tender
0: Bar. Yes, uh, clearly acting's not worked out for George. Um, he's uh, no one's ever heard <laughs> well, when, of him, and he's you given up. As, you know. When you look as ugly as him, it's <laughs> hard, isn't it? You know, I know. He's I mean, he's quite it's, a gargoyle. What isn't little he? looks he had have begun to fade, so yeah. he's gone behind the camera. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, joking aside, uh, George Clooney behind the camera this time instead of in front of it. Um, this is a coming-of-age story. It's an adaptation of a memoir by um, a guy called uh, J.R. I think it's Muringer. Uh, but uh, it could be pronounced with, with any different, several different ways, probably, the way it's spelt. But J.R. Moringa was a journalist. And I think, well, I think he's still around and he's written quite a lot of stuff. But this is all about his, it's a story based on his young life. And it's, in, in essence, about a boy who's looking for a replacement father figure because his father has just left him and uh, gone shortly after he was born. And he bonds with his uncle, who... Um, is uh, working in a bar and so he goes down to this bar the tender bar a lot and obviously picks up life lessons from the people who frequent the bar so that's a, an interesting premise um and uh, he gets bits of advice from his uncle and on the on the trailer which was quite amusing there's a bit of advice from his uncle Bennett, who's played by ben affleck very well uh who tells him and uh, oh and by the way never hit a woman and then he adds um even if she stabs you with scissors without any explanations to why he adds that so you know it's almost like just saying hypothetically a woman ever stabs you with scissors don't hit her especially if they're red
1: scissors yeah (laughs) it was
0: just like okay you've got to explain that one in a bit more detail but um, anyway it looks quite wry it looks quite fun Um, it it has a, uh, a definite whiff of nostalgia about it it looks kind of like a different era because it is going back a good few years now into the seventies.
1: I think George Clooney <coughs> is a wonderful filmmaker. I he think is. the movies yeah. that he has made, uh, "Good Night and Good Luck," I thought was, that was, was really a good. Wonderful, <coughs> film.
0: yeah. And, and, and McCarthy, yeah. Uh, kickback, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he he is such a, a good filmmaker. Uh, you know, and and of course, you know, he's a he's a great film star because he's got it all in either so and so. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he he has that charm, that charisma. He has talent. He has it all. But you know
0: what? Not only that, um, you know how he for years has tended to choose things that are a little bit lower budget, so. He'll Obviously, he'll do the occasional blockbuster, get very well paid. But occasionally, he'll take on a project. And you know that the salary is going to be less. You know, it's A million, million, say, for example, yeah. instead of 20 million. But then he, he's quite a fan of tequila. So him and his mate went, you know, we like tequila. Why don't we make our own tequila? And cut forward a few years. They've just sold that for, get this, $1 billion. Wow. Not a million dollars, a billion. So his tequila business is worth more than his film career. There's a
1: few celebrities making spirits because... Um, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson makes tequila as well oh, his right. brand of tequila apparently is doing incredibly well ah. and Ryan Reynolds has a brand of
0: whiskey that ah. he apparently is doing rather well well let's hope all of that is better than celebrity wine because that's usually <laughs> not so good is it you know when you stick a celebrity's name on a wine label it's to be avoided generally oh dear I find but it, uh, you know. I was quite interested I
1: saw something over Christmas promoting this movie where apparently there was a bit of rivalry on set between George Clooney and, Matt and Ben Affleck oh, yeah. over how many times they've been voted Sexiest man alive <laughs> Because apparently <laughs> uh, Ben Affleck's only been voted it the once, whereas oh. George Clooney got it twice oh, in 1997 okay. and again in 2006. Wow! And and so it was apparently it was a lot of him saying, "Well, you know, to be fair, I, I am a two-time winner. A two-time winner of and, and you've only won it yeah, the once." Yeah. Poor
0: Ben, he must yeah. be very depressed. Yeah, uh, you know, I'd hate his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's also a good filmmaker. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: he's been in some stinkers in his time, but he's, he's yeah. done some. Um, I think he's a Argo bit like, was
0: wonderful. It was very good. I think he's a bit like Matthew McConaughey, who had you know for a while there they were stuck playing, or maybe through choice, but yeah. they were playing all, dare I say, chick flicks. But you know, the yeah, sort yeah. of rom coms, you it, know, yeah. and it was all this kind of he him him or Matthew McConaughey were the go to people to play the handsome lead man, whatever who. Sweeps the girl off his off the feet at the end of the movie and that was yeah. pretty much who they were for a while and then both of them have gone, Do you know what? I've had enough of this. I've got yeah. the, I'm gonna do something a bit more wit meaty perhaps. Yeah,
1: and, and, and you know, it 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 was a real turnaround point, I think, for Matthew McConaughey. You know, mm, he did Dennis Byers Club and showed he can actually act and yeah. also did things like True the, the, the and link, all that. Yeah, and the Lincoln lawyer kinda of showed that he mm-hmm. wasn't just um, a rom com star, he could do other yeah. things as well. Um, so,
0: they're, so they're even more annoying because they, they're not just pretty boys. They've got talent as well. Isn't it yeah, but then, you know, people, people accuse us of the same thing, Howard. I know. I know, we They're just jealous. Yeah,
1: we, we shouldn't let our good looks <laughs> hold us back. It,
0: they say that everybody you put on the St. Oldman's podcast is only chosen by looks. I and mean, it's just not true. We have talent as well. It's, yeah, maybe. Okay, tell us about The Wasteland on okay, Netflix. Okay, this is a Spanish horror film that's coming out on Netflix um, on the 7th. And it's a about a 19th century family who are living in seclusion, but they're visited by an evil being that feeds on fear. So that is the premise. And there are three main characters. (coughs) There's um, uh, Lucia, Salvador, and little Diego, their their, uh, son. So Lucia is the mother, Salvador is the father. Um, So basically, at at some point in this movie, relatively early on, I think Salvador has to head off, presumably, to leave the farm and, and get help. And leaves them behind to experience a horrifying night, that uh, brings a destructive storm, and visions of a strange creature. So this is not a rom-com. I think we've managed to um, say that quite confidently. This is more of a well, it is a horror film described as, and it's Spanish and it's coming to Netflix. Okay,
1: that's the Wasteland uh, no. and the Tenderbar. Nothing bar. to do
0: with T. S. Eliot. No. By <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That was way too <laughs>
1: clever for me there, Howard.
0: Oh, well, mate, I didn't understand it either. I'd studied it for A-level years ago when <laughs> the, God was a boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so The Wasteland's out on <clears throat> Netflix and The Tender Bar on Amazon Prime.
0: The Film Guide with Howard Linsky, part of the St Albans Podcast with Danny Smith
1: time now for another film that Howard Linsky has deemed too good to be forgotten if we had any kind of budget we'd have a jingle for that
0: we should yeah we should have something perhaps but, I could bring in a I don't know a xylophone or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A glockenspiel I think would, a glockenspiel very would, good would, would do that justice yeah.
1: <clears throat> but but anyway uh each time that you're here on the uh, film guide you bring another film that you deem to be too good to be forgotten tell us about your choice this month
0: yeah so this one's pretty old. This dates back to a time long before even I was born. So
1: 72 years ago. That yes, even 19, predates you by a couple it, of months. It does,
0: by by a month or two, yes. Yeah. Um, All About Eve, 1950. Um, brilliant film. Uh, it's So, I guess there will be a number of people out there who will know it and remember it and may have seen it on TV. It's black and white. It's quite um, a perennial favourite, but I don't think it's one that people younger than me will remember much about, but it's well worth checking this out. So, it's up there with things like Casablanca and It's a Wonderful Life, and you know there's all classic movies that you really ought to know. So it stars Bette Davis, who is always incredibly watchable. She plays Margot Channing, who is a very well regarded Broadway star, and is rude and feisty and gets a bit too drunk. and She's insecure about her position because she's turning forty. and Honestly, to see Bette Davis play this role without ego is well worth the price of, you know, admission on this one. I know. <clears throat> she's, she's clearly had fun doing this because she understands the psychology of the character. And what happens is Anne Baxter, who um, not only is young, but reminds, not just me, but if you go on the web, you'll see, um, she, play, she plays this part very in a very similar way to Kathleen Turner. So Kathleen Turner, I'm suspecting, must have watched this woman and thought, that's, that's acting, I like that. Because her mannerisms and her way of speaking and her breathlessness... It it reminded me so much of Kathleen Turner, so check that out um, if you see it. Anyway, Anne Baxter's Eve, she's basically a a fangirl who goes to see the play every night and waits outside and eventually gets to meet Margot Channing and inveigles her way into her circle, which involves um, her husband, who um, is also in the theatre world, there are two friends who are in the theatre world and they all sort of take in even and go oh she's amazing, she's really sweet and lovely and um, she's such a, an amazing fan, what could possibly go wrong and it's long before things like Misery, you know she's not that <laughs> kind of fan who locks yeah. you up and <laughs> hits you with an axe or whatever but, uh, but she does invergle her way <clears throat> into Margot Channing's life and eventually becomes her stand-in uh, first of all her assistant, then her stand-in and she plays characters off against one another um, people are struck by the fact she has acting talent and thinks she can get to the very top but there is a continual acknowledgement that you have to be brutal and almost like a shark in in, this, in that sense if you're going to succeed in that world uh, the, the narrator of the movie is the wonderful George Sanders who plays Addison DeWitt he's a theatre critic who takes her under his wing And um, admires the fact that she's even more bloody ruthless than he is, because he's pretty ruthless in this. (laughs) And then also look out for a tiny cameo from an up-and-coming young starlet who's only in it for a minute or two, uh, but apparently had something of a career afterwards. Her name is Marilyn Monroe. Wow. So she makes a little appearance, and and she's very Marilyn in it as well. uh, Yeah. It's it's it almost reflects what her life was like actually. So, it's a really good, very clever, very well written movie and won all the Oscars going, you know. Yeah. All, all the nominations. Well, Fourteen it, nominations and it won six. Which which I
1: believe is possibly a record. Oh, I don't know. Possibly, well, yes. your notes yeah. say it. That's why I said. Well,
0: it. oh, okay. <laughs> what the <laughs> notes I ha- hastily copied and pasted because oh, I have a dear deadline. Me. Do you not read them? <laughs> so
1: appara- apparently, it oh, received a record fourteen Academy Award nominations. Fourteen
0: does sound right. like it could potentially be a it record. It was the word "record" that I missed there. Yeah. When I, said, I did say it had fourteen nominations yeah. and won six, so I apologise for missing the record. And it, it. says it's the. But thanks fi- for pointing that well, out, so- Daddy. <laughs> say the next bit as well. Make you sound clever
1: uh, about the only film in Oscar history. Uh,
0: what to receive four female acting nominations. Yeah. Is that what you're taking me up for? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> From your own but notes. To be honest, they, yes, I know. Well, you know I have to copy and paste the damn things in a hurry when I've got a deadline looming. <laughs> Here we go. But you see, I don't like to be a slave to my notes, I but, like to freewheel along as I go, okay. you know. But but that
1: was so, so the two stars for best actress yes. and and two uh, supporting actress. So yeah, f- yeah. four for the yes. four female Celeste nominations. Hall, that, she's that I very, is never very been done good for. as the
0: woman whose friendship is ultimately betrayed by um, you know, the, the character Eve Harrington has, played by Anne Baxter, who's brilliant at it, and uh, the acting's wonderful, but I think, I think everybody's superb in it because they're talented, but they're also superb because the dialogue is absolutely crackling. I watched it quite recently, just a few days ago, and that's why I thought, I'm going to mention this again because I don't want people to... Well, it's too good to be forgotten. I don't want them to forget it. So there you go. Yeah, no, a That's classic really movie. Nomination. And
1: <clears throat> I, I came across this film a few years back because I, I was kind of a fan of George Sanders. Um, He's who brilliant for, for some people, they might only know him as the voice of was it Sheer Khan? Khan?
0: Yes, uh, yeah. from
1: uh, from Disney's uh, Jungle Book. But uh, I am a bit of a fan of The Saint, and long before Roger Moore played The Saint, and, oh. the, and, and they, let's face it, mm. there's not many people left alive who will remember that. I oh, know, yeah. But yeah. before he played The Saint, George Sanders played The Saint I in the did. 40s, and he did three or four movies oh, playing I The know Saint that.
0: back I mean, in the day. He has an amazing voice, and he's the, the epitome of a, a suave and urbane. English man about town. You and know, George really Sanders'
1: brother was also an actor from that era oh. of, um, called Tom Conway. wasn't as well known as oh, okay. George, but they were brothers. And Tom Conway played the saint on the radio in the 1940s wow. after Vincent Price did. Just to bore people to death with that. But uh, <laughs> so, so George Sanders played him on the big screen and his brother played him on the radio. Oh wow! Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a film that apparently, according to my information here, still holds uh, the record for the most female acting nominations uh, f- for the yes. Oscars.
0: No surprise. Bette Davis tears up the scenery. She's fabulous, and Anne Baxter's brilliant as the On Yeah, Or Ingenue. Well, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> I'll I let it out the other one. you that wasn't in my silly notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just me mispronouncing <laughs> things in my northeast accent. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> um,
1: but uh, yeah, and and George Sanders as well, married to or one of the many people married to Zaza Gabor. Oh, right. Um, okay, uh, but uh, and yeah, apparently she. It says here. She she turned up on set every day because she was very jealous of her husband with, uh, with Marilyn Monroe. Really? Uh, not surprising. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's uh, Howard's film this month. It's too good to be forgotten. All about Eve.
0: Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans podcast in association with the Heart's Advertiser. You never know, you could be
1: my next guest. The final part of the Film Guide, as always, is a look at the Film Guide host, this time being Howard Linsky, looking at his choice of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So, Howard, we start off with uh, a film on Friday the 7th of January, 6.40pm uh, on Film4, My Best Friend's
0: Wedding. Yes, un- unusual for me, but I've actually gone for a comedy. Um, I did think this this some... isn't a gritty
1: crime film No, it's not set a war movie, East, and no? there's
0: no history involved, and oh. no sword fighting, I mean... I- I'm aware I need to broaden my horizons a little bit, but I do really like this movie. I saw it when it first came out, so way back in 1997. Um, It's uh, Julia Roberts belatedly realising that um, her her best friend is getting married, and she's thinking, ah, maybe he could be more than a best friend, and perhaps I'm actually secretly in love with him and always have been. So maybe I should go to the wedding, and uh, chaos might not ensue if I try and win him back. And, of course, that, that, that is the premise, and chaos does ensue. Um, and it's really really funny uh, her other mate is played by Rupert everett he's a, a supportive friend who tells her no don't go and do this it'll end disastrously and uh, uh you know he's proved half right uh cameron diaz plays the the lady that the best friend um is pledged to marry she's very good in this good fun um, particularly the scene where she's uh urged to sing tunelessly in the restaurant by her new her new best friend julia who um stitches are up like a kipper but everybody still loves her and um yeah i mean i don't really need to explain any more than that you, the premise is i need to stop this man from marrying this new girl because i think i actually
1: love him and always have done so the and, uh, best friend is dermot mulroney that's correct who yes. is about yeah. to marry
0: cameron diaz yes but julia
1: roberts has suddenly realized actually maybe
0: i love him myself yes and right. she, she's got you know plunged into a confusion of you know we've been friends forever perhaps he really was the ideal man for me and uh, you know that's always going to end well, isn't it? Particularly when she tries to disrupt his wedding. Now, um, it doesn't sound terribly original, but would I be right in thinking?
1: I mean, for a start, it it got nominated for an Oscar, um and it's got a pretty impressive cast. I mean, cause sometimes yeah. it doesn't. It's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and this it is all about be, the journey. And can the be funny very unoriginal premise,
0: but work really, really well. Yeah, and and there's just awkward but very funny moments in it. And and I'm quite. I mean. I don't choose a lot of comedies. I do like comedy films, but I have to be really quite knocked out to recommend them. And at the time, I just thought this was very sweet, very funny. Um, I think when you've got a cast that's that good and you give them some good setups and some good scenes and some, some of the dialogue, you know, is, is, uh, when, when I remember a scene, I can't remember all the lines in it, but I remember a scene where um, Julia is, uh, you know, she's been rumbled and she starts telling her friend, you know, why she's done what she's done and she realized you know she says i'm basically awful i'm i'm you know like a cockroach or whatever and he says no you're you know she said actually she said, i'm pond life and he says no you're the scum below the pond life you know that's, <laughs> and, uh, and they get just get lower and lower and uh you know more and more awful to describe her behavior and of course you know there's elements of her trying to put things right when they, when it goes wrong and uh you know. But it does sound like it's yeah. got
1: a very winning cast and, and, yeah. and that must go some way to
0: to to what's going on. I think also really well. your point about not very original is probably because the, the premise has been repeated. Yeah, yeah. And you I get mean, a lot of those wedding things where they go, Oh my god, I have to go home to my hometown and my old boyfriend's getting married or my sister's getting married and I haven't got anyone, so I'm gonna ask my gay friend to pretend to be my boyfriend and Yeah. They're okay and everything, but this is the kind of this is so this might have been the original. thing.
1: Yeah, maybe this was this was done first as well. So maybe oh. that's part of it. That so often we can look at movies from the past and think. Think you know? Oh, it's oh, I've seen that done so many times without yeah. realizing that was they, where it was done copied. first. Exactly. And the and others this is twenty
0: five years ago now, yeah. but it, 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 it ages pretty well, I think.
1: Also, I think this is one of the <clears throat> one of the many films that I think showcases the talent of Cameron Diaz. That yeah, Cameron Diaz really is somebody good. who who has struggled. <clears throat> we were joking earlier about about you know sort of struggling with good looks, but but <clears throat> she was so determined to not be pigeonholed as just the dumb blonde you know that, that she was going to make a career for herself and, yep. and be more than that and, and i think she did it most admirably and she's got great comic timing and
0: i totally and, agree yeah she's really really talented yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and julia roberts is great and, and 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 you know and this back then was was pretty much you know that was at when she was like at the pinnacle of what she was doing
0: mm, agreed uh, yeah no it's a great cast given some good lines and uh they have fun i think you can see it when you watch it
1: that's my best friend's wedding uh 6 40 p.m on film Four, friday the 7th of january uh let's move to saturday the 8th of january this seems like more familiar territory now uh, Ah, because this is this both has the word war in the title it does and it involves zombies and and action and horror yes this is a documentary
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i'm going to deliberately pronounce it the american way because that's what they do it's world war z we would say World War Z, I suppose, but... Um, yeah, but, but
1: that's the <coughs> name of the film, and they mm. called it World War Z, did, so yeah. it, is, it is... I don't think it's incorrect Z. for us to say that. No, like, exactly. not so, We don't say Z Top. I, I we. know
0: we're going to get a thousand, thousands of letters and emails, you know, because there's a, always a big bag of posts at oh, the end of our podcast, yeah. you know, from people who are irately saying, we've ruined the English language. Yeah, but, but my mum could just stop that. Yeah, right? if, I wish she would. It's yeah. embarrassing, yeah. But anyway, this one's a 2013 movie, um, and it's... Uh, well... The easiest way to encompass this is, you know how people used to joke about, well, zombie films. Zombies are terrifying. Thankfully, they walk very slowly, lumber along. Not in this movie. These zombies run, and they run very fast. And, uh, you know, it's just um, one of those films where you turn it on, and it is just a scary sort of thrill ride from the beginning to the end. Um, Brad Pitt plays this chap who has to, first of all, rescue his family um, when the world is overtaken by a kind of zombie plague and he is then told well you're the only man who can save us and you've got to go back in there and does so in in um in the sense of almost going behind enemy lines but there's an awful lot of enemy and uh he has to um help the world by uh creating something helping to create a cure that is the premise of putting him in in jeopardy again Um, but i said um what's more terrifying than zombies who can run faster than you yeah, I, I guess, believe that so.
1: Danny Boyle claims that he invented the running zombie. Ah, well, um, there you go. Because yes. yes, because before then that was one of the things yeah.
0: was, like they're not that scary. All we
1: got to do is outrun them. Yeah, but no. Well,
0: I mean, um, was it Danny Boyle who did twenty-eight weeks later as well as twenty-eight t- days later, or did he just do the first? He um, no. he produced the second one. Right. He didn't direct the second one because the the um, opening scene of the second one was Robert Carlyle running out of that house, running along the riverbank, being pursued by zombies behind him and zombies to the left of him. You know, it's almost like the Charge of the Light Brigade, uh, much scarier. Uh, that was that was pretty terrifying. So yes, I, I doffed my cap in his general direction for that. Okay,
1: um, but that's um, World War Z um, with uh, yeah, a great uh, great cast in there as well. Uh, Brad Pitt. You know, I mean, he's a good film star, isn't really. he? is he's, he's good. He's, he's,
0: good. he's good not like Tom Cruise, you know. Again, we we keep joking about pretty boys and everything, but they can act. They can carry. Yeah. Up, they can carry a movie.
1: He's like Tom Cruise, but a normal height. Ah, yes.
0: Um, yes. And um, I consider Tom Cruise to be a normal height because you know I'm only an inch taller than him. So, you know. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're an inch taller than the height he claims he is. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, also directed <clears throat> by
1: Mark Forster, and I just double checked this because I had a feeling I knew his name. So he did uh, Quantum of Solace. He did Daniel Craig's oh, second yeah. Bond film. But he also did a Finding Neverland, um, Monsters Ball. That he's done a, quite of a good cross ones, yeah. section of. Although um, I would say Quantum of Solace wasn't the
0: possibly the most disappointing Daniel Craig movie. It was a little it lost its plot a little, I think. I
1: think that's fair comment. You know, but, but I also but, think but, it was still quite a good film. Still good, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and Neverland you know, was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but I just thought sort of, what an interesting you know range of movies there. Yeah. Um, you know that that's not you know not a one trick pony. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay, so that's World War Z, eleven fifteen PM on Film Four, Saturday the eighth of January. Let's move to Saturday the ninth, Sunday the 9th of January, and I wonder what channel this one's
0: on. Yeah, I'm, as you can probably gather, I'm sponsored by Film Four this month because I couldn't find anything good anywhere else. So six of my seven choices were Film Four. If the, if which, the film you know, if the channel doesn't have the number four in it, you're not interested, are you? Exactly, because your seventh one is a four it's as well. BBC Four, yes, no, exactly. I was. I'll be getting T-shirts sent to me with the number four written on yeah. them. If Film Four want to sponsor me, so that I just completely uh, put, uh, plug all of their films, then feel free to send me large. Sums For a little
1: while, our old our old film show, they used to send us DVDs all the time. Film yeah. Four, we used well, to get like go. big jiffy bags full of their DVDs.
0: say I chose the wrong era to yeah. be associated. Yeah. Oh well, but anyway, um, this one not everybody will have heard of, and the only reason I know about it again, is, you know, it's quite often. Um, credit or blame my daughter for watching things Andy Samberg is the star of Brooklyn Nine-Nine which is on our in our house quite a lot um, the sitcom where he plays a copper in this one it's called Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping it's a mockumentary, a spoof documentary where he plays a guy who used to be in um, a three man rap group and he is the one who's then gone on to have a solo career So I'm sure there's numerous examples in American musical history where that has occurred, where the the group breaks up and people are a bit at each other's throats, and and that is the premise. Now, he then hits a a bad patch, which I won't bang on about too much, but the idea is to maybe get the old band back on the road together, and, of course, that involves him patching up his differences with the others. Um, Premise not all that um, staggeringly original or interesting by itself, but a funny movie. And Sam Burke is very watchable. And um, he wrote part of this, produced it as well, stars in it. Um, it's co-produced by Judd Apatow. It's got Sarah Silverman in it, uh, Imogen Poots, John Cusack. Um, you know, it's it's a good cast. They've got good lines. It's good fun. That's uh, my second comedy. I mean, it's What's rare... happening to you? I I know. I've okay. lost my mind over Christmas time,
1: clearly. <laughs> That's <laughs> Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping, uh, 1125 I <laughs> That's just th-
0: thing that they would say, isn't it? Uh, N- never stop, never stopping. I'd say run-up at that. Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping
1: uh, on 11.25pm on Film4, Sunday the 9th of January. Let's move to Monday the 10th of January on Film4 at 11.05pm. We have, from 1999, Topsy Turvy.
0: Yeah, this is a, couldn't be more of a contrast, really, from, uh, you know, the, it's about music, but very different music. So um, this is about uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. So and they're
1: almost like the hip-hop of the they late 1880s. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: they were the popular guys. So they, they uh, wrote operas, but in English, with some comic parts as well and some, you know, non-comic parts. But what I like about this movie, um, I'm always interested in anyone who achieves stuff, whether it's, you know, as, as a, an actor or a musician or a you know a writer or what have you and and biopics um, if they're done well can be quite fascinating because I'm always interested in how did they get there but this is more um, the story of how they uh, reached a plateau and then had creative differences and fallings out so it doesn't tell you as most biopics would how these people struggled to become well known or struggled to get their first show on this is how they came back from a um, the opposite of a of a hit they had a miss and they decided to write something else and it was called the Mikado I think we've all heard of it even if we don't follow that kind of world and it focuses on the creative conflict they had while they were putting this show together um, and the people who were in their world so you know you've got the producers you've got the actors you've got the singers and they're all interacting Um, and it's really well acted Jim Broadbent um, is uh, he plays um, Gilbert and Alan Cordonet plays Arthur Sullivan, his partner in crime in this. Um, and yeah, it's got lots of good supporting roles and it's directed by Mike Lee. Yeah,
1: um, I was uh, so I didn't know much about this movie and uh, I quickly looked it up and found out that for a start, unusually for this sort of film, but all the actors do their own singing. So often in these things, actors would be dubbed um, by yes, other people, they usually, uh, but yeah. they did their own singing. Yeah. Uh, and also, apparently, Mike Lee has said that he was so frustrated with the continued relegation of his movies to art house cinemas instead of wide releases that he joked that he would have cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as both Gilbert and Sullivan if his budget had
0: allowed. That would be fantastic. Would that would that be absolutely wonderful. topsy turvy. I'll be back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. A, a, I've yeah, now reimagined the entire movie with Arnie. And, uh, you know, and the creative conflict would just lead to big punch-ups, wouldn't it? And, yeah. Uh, but, but it is good. It's quite a slow burn as well. It's, I watched it late one night ages ago. and just. Uh, it's
1: quite a long film, isn't it? It is quite long, yeah. Two hours, 40 yeah. minutes. Well, wow. it's, it's good. It's
0: worth seeing. So if you've got the time, you know, Okay. Um, give it a go. Um,
1: this, so, this is uh, yeah the film Topsy Turvy. It's on 11.05 pm on film four on Monday, the 10th of January. So, we move to Tuesday, the 11th of January, 9 pm on film four. We have First Man.
0: Yes, another biographer, or bio, whatever bio, biographical drama. To yeah. use it's a uh, full title. So, First Man is basically uh, the life of Neil Armstrong. And it's really good. Uh, Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong, um, he's got Claire Foy. Uh, the, the really, really good Claire Foy playing, the, playing his wife Jason Clarke's in it as well um, who you'll have seen in lots of things and Kieran Hines to name one or two of a fairly uh, heavyweight cast but it, it I suppose what's good about this movie it reminds us that nothing was um, written in terms of The the success of the moon landing it was not something, we we kind of look back on it and go, oh yeah, yeah, we landed on the moon and uh, that's marvellous but it was far from a sure thing that it would work and that they would land safely and they would be able to take off again and they would be able to get home, it was something of a long shot and what you see is the man himself and everybody around him dealing with that dealing with the pressure of it and also dealing with the fact that quite a few of his mates didn't survive Prior to the launch of uh, the Apollo mission, because they died in previous air crashes or previous instances where things didn't go quite according to plan for NASA. So it's, it's very good at highlighting that.
1: OK, uh, that's uh, that's the film First Man. Um, I always remember a, a story that Steve Wright tells about when he had Neil Armstrong on his uh, Radio 1 show in the day and apparently um, Neil Armstrong was in in the green room about to come into the studio and but just before he did Neil Armstrong's press person popped his head in and said to Steve right just as the record was fading out almost just said right I'll just bring Neil in now no questions about the moon thank you oh, and he good. said suddenly he had 30 seconds to <laughs> rewrite an interview with Neil Armstrong where he wasn't allowed to mention and also, the moon
0: how do you do that when every listener's going you didn't ask him about the moon what's <laughs> all about uh. yeah.
1: Yeah, the right. other, the only thing that anyone might have known him for love it <laughs> anyway that's first man uh, that's 9 p.m. on film 4 Tuesday the 11th of January let's move to Wednesday the 12th of January another biopic this time about Howard himself yes 11:05 p.m. on
0: film 4 sexy beast i know i begged them not to use that title because i'm too modest but yes it is it's a uh, no actually it's not it's a british psychological uh, crime, a crime movie. It's actually described as a black comedy crime film and there are parts it, there in are there are that are quite comic, yeah. you know, but it's also very gritty. Um, I guess if you've seen it, you'll know what we mean. If you haven't, check it out. Um, Ray Winston plays basically a retired criminal who spends most of his time <clears throat> lounging by the pool in Spain, getting tanned and then Ben Kingsley is sent by Ian McShane's character <clears throat> to bring him out of retirement and pull off the usual one last heist because he's the kind of guy that you need to drill through walls, particularly underwater, as it turns out. So they're going to try and rob a bank. Now, he does not want to do this, Ray Winston, and he begs Ben Kingsley, pleads with him, says, no, no, I'm not going to do this. The movie is very good in total, but it's completely stolen by Ben Kingsley, who plays um, the, the extremely violent man who is attempting to get Ray Winston's character to come out of retirement <clears throat> and it all hinges on what then happens during that uh, well, shall we say discussion it's a bit more heated than that uh and the aftermath of it and how Rhea winston attempts to stop his entire life from spiraling out of control and i have to say winston and ian mack are really really good in this but ben kingsley really out of this world in terms of the performance he put in i never really thought of him as being someone he would cast in that role
1: well, you when know. when I didn't know an awful lot about the movie when I watched it, and I've I, I don't really like a lot of the movies that Ray Winston does, and that's nothing against him as an yep. actor. I yep. don't like that genre. I, no, I'm the That yep. b- British crime thing, <clears throat> because there's something about it that makes it feel like it's a it's not quite as like fantasy as other yeah. movies I don't like the fact that it's like settings locations a bit locations grimy a bit and, gritty yeah, yeah. And, yeah.
0: He, and I think you know I think Ray Winston's good but I think he comes across a bit exaggerated cockney yeah I'm sure he would fill me in for saying that yeah all, you know but he does come across as a even on the adverts he does about yeah. the Betting and all that—it's just very. But it's very.
1: But I think, that yeah, often I think there's a lot of films that perhaps he's been in and and other films of that ilk that just feel to me quite terrifying. I don't really want to because that looks like a pub that I might go in. They're a bit
0: limited. They're usually about some guy who's you know whether it's him or another character who needs to take revenge on the boss of the crime family that have killed his wife or you know his son's taken a drugs overdose or whatever. And they're they're really just an excuse to have a climactic scene where someone shoots someone, and yeah,
1: so they're a bit limiting, and I think. they can be but very brutal as well, can't better. they? But, but <clears throat> yeah. so so thinking that I didn't really want to see it, but I went to see it, and if you told me beforehand that Ben Kingsley, that Gandhi, yeah, Gandhi is somebody exactly. that will terrify Ray Winston, yeah. I'd have laughed my head off, and oh, no. yet when I watched it, I was yeah. terrified by Ben Kingsley. Yeah, he's he amazing, was so he, good. Yeah. Uh, and also,
0: yeah, you would you would think the casting there, you would think if one man was going to be cowed going, no, mate, I can't do it now, and the other one's going, yes, 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 at him, you'd think it'd be the other way around. Ben Kingsley being threatened by Rhea Winston, not yeah. that. But it, they, they pull it off brilliantly, and it's a very good movie, and it's aged well, I think. So check that one out if you get the chance.
1: Now, tell me, because you'll remember this better than I, but there was another film I saw with a performance by Ray Fiennes, that reminded me of Ben Kingsley. Oh. Because Ray Fiennes isn't somebody that I think is terribly hard and cockney and all no. that. But he really played a, 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 a not dissimilar character. And you're looking at me quite blank. I was I hoping am. you'd jump yes. right in. Yes, I, I was it flippantly wasn't,
0: going to say he did play Voldemort, who was quite scary. but uh, It wasn't um, <laughs> so. It wasn't in Bruges, was it? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he was in that, was he? Or was he? Maybe he was if he was the linchpin on that one. Because Colin Farrell's in, in Bruges, isn't he? With, was it Brandon Gleeson? Yeah. But, but I don't but, remember who the, but was
1: he the so I'm now rapidly he was looking the, him up yeah um,
0: I'll stall for time yeah, yeah. it was the Sexy Beast is a really really good film <laughs> and you should check it out I can cut gaps uh, so, out people wouldn't even know there's, it there. there's Ray Winston living, at, uh, living in the, uh, the the posh part of Spain going out enjoying dinner with his wife and his friends and everything and then all of a sudden Ben Kingsley turns up and ruins everything yeah. and I love uh, Ian McShane more toward the end of the movie where he is the guy who's organising everything and is somewhat suspicious about what Ray's been up to, Rear Ray Winston's been up to in the background. Um, his, his character's called Gal as well, oddly enough. Okay. I keep calling him Gal.
1: It, it was in Bruges. Ah. Uh, he was, and I think he was some sort of like crime boss. He must have been because he wasn't one of the two main... Uh, well, yeah, he. he's on the poster and yeah, he's, he, yeah. he, he, there's a picture of Colin Farrell Brendan Gleeson and, and Ray Fiennes I think
0: you're right that he was the man behind the scenes though, rather yeah. than the man who sort of uh, he was their up.
1: boss I think and yeah. they, they were two hit men uh, uh, waiting yeah. to hear from their boss that's it uh, but he was terrifying I admit him. I'd forgotten he was in that Yeah, <laughs> maybe he wasn't as <laughs> terrifying but it was that it was that <laughs> transformation oh. that, that, that nice and ever so posh Ray Fiennes was playing uh, yeah. this sort of this hard gangster yeah um, and, and uh, it reminded was, me to be
0: fair he was pretty scary in Schindler's List as well so you know <laughs> He was the uh, camp commander, wasn't he? In that, and, uh, in fact, it wasn't the movie that really made his reputation. I'm
1: guessing so. he wasn't that camp, was he? Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, that was. <laughs> oh, oh dear, bad joke. Uh, Oops. But anyway, um, "Sexy Beast," which which predated In by several years, um, yeah. so I'm not I'm not for a second saying that one ripped off the other. But no, okay. um, but no, it it just reminded. Yes, yeah, so we don't want to hear from his lawyers. No. no, Ben Kingsley's performance uh, <coughs> was was astounding in in his transformation. Mm. Uh, that's "Sexy Beast" 11:05 p.m. on Film Four Wednesday the 12th of January. If you would really need to see Ray Winston in speedos, that's your movie. Uh. <laughs> final film uh, of the, the week, and I am intrigued because I know of this film. I've never seen it, ah, but it right has right. one of the biggest casts in history. It does,
0: and uh, and it's not on film four. I just thought, well, we need a change, really, no. so I managed to go for BBC four. Yeah, um, which I think um, our this... preview's about one or
1: two clicks away, isn't it? They're Probably. quite close to each other yes, on the thing. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. Yeah. It wasn't,
0: wasn't laziness, I promise. So 8pm <clears> uh, yeah.
1: on, on uh, Thursday, 13th of January, yeah.
0: How the West Was Won. Oh, the West Was Won. So I first saw this movie when I was a kid. Uh, it was a, one of those movies that comes on TV every two or three years and, and still is, clearly. Um, I mean, I'll just. So it is literally the story of how the West was won, and it follows two or three families, I think, through a period of history that stretches from people settling in the West right through to the American Civil War and beyond. Um, but I mean, worth watching for the cast. Okay, so we've got um, Carol Baker, Lee Jacob, Henry Fonda, Carl Molden, Gregory Peck, George Peppard. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, James Stewart, Eli Wallach, John Wayne, Richard Widmark—that's well, just the stars. I won't and, go through the Spencer supporting. And Spencer Tracy.
1: Oh yes, on, on the Tracy, bottom of my list because, there. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. <clears throat> so it's got everybody in it. Lee Van Cleef's in it. Harry Dean Staunton's in it. Um, lots of people who were stars at the time, and lots of people who went on to do heaps of other movies and become relative stars as well. Um, and it just—I I can't really say anything other than it just tells the story of the Old West. I mean, um, you've got situations where. People are in peril because they're trying to settle new land and things go wrong and uh, Native American Indians attack them and, uh, you know, their sons then, um, after, you know, that period, their sons then grow up and go and fight in the American Civil War and it follows, you know, a good probably 100 years in scope. Um, it's a massive epic. It was a huge box office success. It got Academy Award nominations as well and it's, a, it's still a perennial favourite and, you know... We're, we're approaching, what, is it the 70th? No, the, sorry, just, let me get it right. Is it we talking the 60th anniversary? Or uh, the 70th? Yeah, it's uh, so 1962. A, so, yeah, yeah, 62 60 years. it came out, so it would be the 60th anniversary. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Now, um, there are three directors credited on here. So uh, uh, and am I right in thinking that the movie is in segments?
0: Yeah. It, so it, it, although I don't think they sort of, um, uh, you know, announce it with fanfare, but you're absolutely right because it's different... Periods of a certain family's um, history so the, it- so John
1: Ford <coughs> directed one segment of the movie right. and then it's got here as well Henry Hathaway and George Marshall, not directors I'm as familiar with but no. John Ford certainly Clearly. was was a you know a classic uh, you know, director of the of, of his time
0: yes of western's in particular I think yeah, yeah.
1: and in fact worked a lot with John Wayne he uh, did. I think
0: as yeah. well um, but but what
1: what a cast now are those are they all in it together or are they sort of spread across those different segments they're spread
0: across so you've got different people playing different kind of roles so um, I mean I haven't seen this movie for a very long time but for example I remember you know Jimmy Stewart is part of a family that goes down a river on a raft and uh, they they meet um, some people along the way who in theory are going to sell them some supplies and um, you know they welcome them and give them some drink and some food but it's a trap because what they're trying to do is actually rob jimmy stewart and his family and um they uh i, I remember this uh there's a bit where the, they use the girl the young girls in the family to lure the men and you know they give the man a drink and uh, uh jimmy stewart is in theory he's um going to be betrothed to another woman but this other girl says come and look we've got this we've got this thing and she describes it as a critter she's got this critter he's in a cave and you might recognize him because we've never seen anything like this and jimmy stewart instantly follows this girl along there and she stabs him in the back and pushes him down this big hole and uh, he survives and manages to help you know, um, sort that problem out and there's a gunfight and uh, at the end of it I just remember him saying to this girl who likes him that I- I'm not right for you I'm gonna- I'm always going to be that guy I'm always going to want to look at the critter and I thought that was a fabulous way of saying that he would always be distracted by other women you know? <laughs> and uh, you know, I went into the cave to look at the critter so there you go
1: <laughs> now I gather as well that the This was shot in a very um, unusual and innovative way. Oh, I didn't know that. So it was it was filmed with um, they used three lenses on the cameras to film it, Ah. and it was projected in such a way that I think they had to use three projectors in the cinema to show it on a like a super wide screen, and you could see lines on the you you could see vertical lines dividing up the three
0: parts of the picture. Ah, you see, I've only ever seen it on telly because even I'm not old enough to have attended it at the uh, cinema, but. I did not know that, but I wonder if it was one of those experiments where they were trying to get, like, a 3D-style yeah. panoramic experience Yeah, so or it's a super yeah.
1: panoramic sort of thing I where, where the screen would be incredibly wide, and um, it would seem that... Appa- I mean, there, there's some... I'm just looking on IMDb, and there's actually... The, the, the screenshots from it, you can see these two lines, very faintly, oh, but you right. can see these lines, you can see these joints. Um, that must
0: have been some investment, particularly if you were trying to persuade cinemas to take it as well. But yeah. it was a hit. It took. A lot I of guess money. the format might have
1: been a very early precursor to something like IMAX. Hmm. Um, oh it, yes, which which would have a very different and a far bigger thing. But but yes, um, and it, it seems apparently it a lot of the actors were very intimidated by it because they felt it would be a, they would be far more visible than they would be ordinarily. Oh, I
0: see. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's quite an epic, sprawling kind of movie, so it would suit that kind of look, I suppose. Okay. But in close-up you would probably feel a little bit strange there you (laughs) go
1: so that's the final film from howard for the week uh how the west was won 8 p.m on bbc 4 on thursday the 13th of january howard which of the films on free to air tv would be your film
0: of the week do you know what? I'm going to go for World War Z because it is, um is non-stop uh, excitement.
1: See, and I have my money on Best Friend's Wedding. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, thanks very much uh, for, for for doing the Film Guide A once A pleasure, again. mate. Uh, next week uh, on the Film Guide, it's the return of Chris Aikman. Uh, you know, he's not everyone's taste. We appreciate that. But it's him nonetheless. <laughs> it's the quiet taste, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Like beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all right. You won't hear this bit. We'll be fine. Um, so anyway, uh, Chris will be back doing the film guide next week. If you want to see the films that Howard has uh, recommended to watch on free-to-air TV, they're all in the description of this episode right now. Uh, and uh, Howard, we will catch you uh, again sometime real soon. Thank see
0: you again soon. Cheers, mate.